I am unashamed. What about you? Well, I'm down to just old-fashioned notebook and pen. Yeah, I see that. Well, I need to thank Phil. I mean, because now I have something in common the last couple of days. What's that? Well, I have no phone and no computer <laughs> at all. Zero. Well, and, uh, so he's, he's joined like, the club. Well, yeah, he's joined the field club. By choice, I bought a new phone, and then all of a sudden, it's like I'm so firewall protected, I can't get it. <laughs> What's funny, though? Well, Al, I've been it, sending you notes on the podcast for like a year. You've never gotten them, and I, I didn't know what. I just thought you were unprepared. Yeah. I didn't know that you could just had no way to get it. Well, you, you got to remember, though, your go-to is always First Peter 3.15. Jesus is my Lord. Yep. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Right. But do this with gentleness and respect, Phil. He threw that in for you in your early years, <laughs> the ball-peen hammer <laughs> the, approach. The, we call those years the loud, angry Phil. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but I was going to say. Now he's a soft, gentle Phil. What's, what's significant is, or what's interesting, is that, so one of the, one of the girls who work at Duck Commander, they're the tech people. So I dropped my phone and my computer off. And it's so weird <laughs> that it's Please like, fix this. It's like I'm at the tech doctor. <laughs> but they're referring to these devices. They're like, now, is, will there be anyone we can call or send a text to while we had this? And I was like, why? They're like, well, just... You know, so you can check up and make sure everything. I was like, oh, I look, if the whole thing crashes and burns and explodes, I, I'll be okay. And they were like, well, no, for certain passwords and trying to get. I was like, okay. But it just had a different feel about it. I was like, these people, we're, we're, we've elevated these devices so much. And these people aren't like professional tech doctors. They just know more. Than well, me. they care enough to look into it. That's the yeah. difference. See, that's my problem. I, I want it to work because I need it to work to work. What's that? You want to work? My computer, computer and my phone. phone. We oh. just want them to I want them functional. to I, to get the information I need because we're, you know, like you just did this book. And so, like, you're living the life of Riley down here, literally next door. And so you don't know, but, like, what Dan and I have to do in terms of communication – for to to put together all those media interviews you've been doing, I mean, it's just constant. Yeah, there's always back people and working forth. behind the scenes. So right. When you go off the grid, like I've been for the last couple of days, there's a lot of chaos going on, a lot of miscommunication. Tell me about it. <laughs> I was sitting, I was sitting, I was sitting right here an hour and a half ago, ready to go. And I noticed there were no vehicles around. I'm you, you well, just, that, I didn't even know that happened. So well, you were here an hour and, and a half ago. Factor in that going on, and and Dan, I was sitting there. Dan walks out. He, he, I get him up out of bed. I said, <laughs> I said, when's this podcast deal going to go through here? Well, I don't know exactly what they said, but you got two interviews this afternoon, and then I said two interviews. So I, I, I get up in the morning. And I I have no knowledge of devices. Yeah. All I have is somebody has to say, be there at nine o'clock, be there at ten, and I don't have a device to verify it. I'm like, well, your problem is so your your man Dan, you know he he. This is a computer free zone. I I, I don't have any computers. He I, unplugs from you and mom on the weekends, which I'm sure he needs it. I mean, I'm not begrudging the man a day off. 
But again, when you don't have that person telling you exactly where you're supposed to be, that's what happens. You end up sitting in the dark for an hour yeah. and a half. The, the artist came by. Yeah. These notes. Yeah, I sent them said, to these him. These are the podcast notes. But I'm, I, I said, what what time does it? What, what time were you meeting here? Uh, I, I couldn't there was find no that. Time, so I'm well, making an adjustment. Well, it was. Tony should have told you, but I, I didn't specifically tell him. So well, I've been. What we have here is a failure well, to communicate. It's actually almost borderline supernatural that we're all here together. <laughs> I I literally have been filming this this show, and uh, we we're through episode six. So praise the Lord. I'll be glad when you get we, through. Well, how got, many are you doing? Ten? Doing ten. By the way, I forgot and said something to y'all having a show at some point Uh-oh. with some interview somewhere. I just remembered. I thought, <laughs> well, I, well, I, I like think the, they, they didn't want me to announce that. I, said, I like oh, the specificity of that. They don't want me to <laughs> announce it. So <laughs> It was somewhere, film. some guy, some time ago, he, the dad mentioned it. Well, I was at, I did an event. So it, we, we finished filming this uh, the sixth one. And I'm not sure I'm even supposed to be saying that, but that's okay. Y'all started this show. The people listening, it was their idea. Unashamed so I'm like, deserves we're, to, we're, They need to get a little bit of information nobody else And gets. what's wrong with uh, creating some anticipation? Right. That's what I thought. Yeah. All right, so well, I thought about it later. I said, I don't know whether I was supposed to say that show would be good. I said, what am I talking about? I said, whoever our listeners are, how many it is, they just found out them. there's another show coming. So, Well, so what I did was... I was in uh, Tallahassee. I mean, we finished filming. I got up next morning like five, flew to Tallahassee because some events that I had scheduled in the last two years got delayed or rescheduled because of the coronavirus. And uh, I've always been real adamant about, you know, once I say I'm going to be somewhere, I'm going to do it. Because I feel like God uses these situations to for whatever reason to further the kingdom and to get Jesus out there. And <clears throat> so I just like, we're going to do it because logistically and time wise, it didn't make sense to have the podcast and have a TV show and then just squeeze in. Cause now I'm back to work. You know, the retirement's over. I'm back to working <laughs> about six days a week. And, <laughs> and I never <laughs> saw a guy go from stop to yeah. 80 miles an hour, quite like you did. Yeah. I, have I to would say, say it's, it's somewhere impressive. around 100, Al. <laughs> There's a lot of things going on, but I was like, we're doing this event to the glory of God. And uh, so this event was a community event. And here's what's in, this is one of the strangest, most interesting events I've ever done. So it's in Tallahassee, Florida, which what's Tallahassee famous for? Yeah, it's the first time when I hit the Florida hit, State University. It's exactly right. Yep. They're like, it's college town. And it, is, three and it is the capital of Florida as well. There's three or four colleges there. And it's huge. It's like 300,000 people. I was like, ooh, I was rubbing my hands together. So community event. It was actually at an antique vehicle a car museum. This guy has amassed, I mean, as far as you can see through a building, old cars. Huh. So if you're into that, this is like the the sacred old car hallowed ground because <laughs> it was as far as you could see in every direction. So we met a lot of the the family that uh, that owned this place, but that was just because they had a big banquet hall. You know, they were just allowing the facilities. But the reason I said this is I was going to say because I think I was thinking you were getting into Mountain Man's. 
zone with the with the uh, car shows and the uh, boat sh- gun and boat show. <laughs> That's mountain man world. Oh, jeez. No, so the guy that put it on, twenty one years old. So he really? picked us up at the airport. Then I thought, well, we got they sent a kid to pick <laughs> us up. So when he introduced himself. You know, I was looking at my assistant, Aunt Bonnie. You thought he was a college student. Well, she was looking at me, and she was thinking, this guy put this on? And so he, I was like, what's I your... I can sh-? tell you what crossed her mind, fear. Well, she right. was like, uh-oh. Fear and panic. <laughs> and so uh, I said, well, uh, what's your story? I mean, because I was thinking, how did he get involved in this? His dad must be in charge. So he starts sharing his faith and telling his story. And he's like, you know, years ago, I uh, I started a business, a clothing business. And I was like... Let me just, I, I couldn't hold my tongue anymore. When he said years ago, I said, were you a nine? <laughs> I said, because you don't look a day over 21. I thought he was probably 25, yeah, 28. He just looked He's young. like, actually, I am 21. And I was like. Wow. Okay. I said, well, how did it, how how are you, how are you feeling about the, uh, about the event? Because I could tell my assistant, she was just, her eyes were big and wide. She was thinking, danger, danger, danger. I, like, oh, I think it's going great, you know? And I was like, well, who's, who's, who like, who who's putting this on? He's like, me. I was like, okay, you're in charge. All right, great. Let's do it. So anyway, uh, I just, the more I got to meet this guy. And know him, Landon, I was impressed because I thought, now here's a young guy just on the planet Earth has decided to put his faith and trust in the Lord yep. and find creative ways to help his community yeah. at a very young age. Well, guess what? I found that inspirational. That's right. And, and refreshing. So did all these people that showed up. You know, I mean, it was packed. It was done as a fundraiser to help a local house that helps teenage girls okay. for a variety of reasons. Great and cause. They had about 20 of those girls there. Yep. So, because we did a little, what they call, you know, a VIP meet and greet or whatever. And uh, and so I gave them a little speech because, you know, life is difficult, especially when you you look up and your parents are not around or you've had a bad situation when you were a kid. And so a lot of these girls... Uh, you know, I could tell had been through a lot. So we had that session first. Because, <clears throat> I, I mean, I'm taking this, and I've told you all before, I look for these moments at these events based on what I read about Jesus' ministry and how he worked to have these conversations within the bigger picture as we're moving along, these individual conversations. So, I mean, my first one was obviously with the, with the young guy who put this on because I was like, you need to find some more people like you. <laughs> And y'all need to start a movement because <laughs> right. I, I, I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. I, right. I felt real inspired by this. And it's a college town. And so I kind of went at it from a little different angle. Was, I mean, I only have one one speech. But, I, you know, of the fact that these people here, these girls who had, who had had extreme difficulty, because one of them gave her testimony, I guess, about the home that she was in, which was great. First yeah. time she'd ever done it. And she wasn't even nervous. I mean, she's just like, here it is. So, but obviously, when you're dealing with a community event and you hold up your Bible, and I mean, it took me about 30 seconds. I just, I just decided just to start right off the bat with explaining the Bible as in Genesis to Malachi Jesus, the image of the invisible God, is coming to earth. Matthew to John, 
red letters, Jesus is here. Yep. God arrived on the earth in human form from a virgin. You know, you know, I paused and tried that at home. <laughs> a few chuckles, you know. But I could tell it was a kind of a nervous thing because it's like, this guy doesn't look like a preacher. I thought he was that guy on Duck Dynasty. I mean, he's got a Bible up there. I mean, what's happening, you know? So by the, by the end. a public community event. Yeah, by the end. And, you know, actually, Revelation, he's what? And about five people hollered out, he's coming, coming back. back. I was like, somebody been reading their Bible, you know? And so. I kind of started from there and went through the the three questions that I you know always ask: How'd you get on the earth? What are you doing here? And how are you leaving? By the way, one of our podcast listeners sent me. He's got that on cards. He made business cards with that on there, and it, now he hands them out to people. Yep. I think they're great conversation pieces yeah. via Act Seventeen. So anyway, then and we had a little moment. One of our families that we helped with the Miyamu, they were there. And uh, so we reconnected with them. That was a special moment. That that always puts me in the right frame of mind here because you, when you see a family, and you know we experienced with our daughter Mia when they have all these surgeries, you see really that process in Romans five in place about that. They suffer, develops perseverance, perseverance character, character hope. Yep. Hope gives us joy. And you know that and Paul's point was eventually getting to God demonstrates his love for us while we were sinners, Christ died for us. I mean, there's always a, a way out and God is faithful. I kind of did the first Corinthians ten thing that we had studied because first Corinthians is so on my mind. I actually read the first Corinthians eight three also about those the man who loves God is known by God. Yeah, that's a good and God one. knows you. So, and it's not about you loving him, it's about him loving you. And uh, so, I did all that, but what I was going to say about the show is I said, if y'all will all turn off your cell phones, because I figured out a creative way to do this. I said, I'm going to tell y'all two secrets. So, Hang on, let's take a break. So one of our sponsors um, that uh, that we really like and and Dad especially has fallen in love with is is Groove Life, and uh, they have a couple it's a of it's a belt. it's a belt and it's a wedding ring as well, uh, which is really great because they have the little grooves in them, which helps because my finger sweats and plus if you have like a but like this a, is non-metallic, right? Exactly, so it doesn't hang on stuff and all that. So Dad, tell us about your opinion on the belt because you have fallen in love with they this belt. Came up with this and they guarantee this. For 94 years. I'm 75 right well, now. Well, you got 20 years left to you. I'm 75. <laughs> this is guaranteed for 94 years. If you can be 100. Put it around your waist. Look, it's magnetized. It's not a hole cut through a piece of leather. You know that's Which, not going to Which, by the way, here's your old belt, Dad. Here's the old belt. Look at the old one. The old holes. Look at all this. That's one year of wear. <laughs> this right here, one year. Listen to this. That's a click. It's down. magnetized. You, you, you say, how do you get it out? Just put it this way. Look you know what I find when I metal detect more than anything? The buckle of an old belt. Not That's the it. belt. It's gone. That's right. That's right. This will, will not wear out. So you just put it on, click, it goes. But I, I, I never realized how critical it is just to wear a belt to hold your bitches out. <laughs> get one of these belts here. Phil likes the You're belt. good to we go. All right. For the next 94 years. How do they find I'm... it, Al? <laughs> right. right now, you can get 10% off your Groove Life order at groovelife.com slash Phil. 
Use the promo code unashamed. So that's groovelife.com slash Phil. Use the promo code unashamed, 10% off your order. And Phil is a big fan. You're welcome. Of Groove, Groove Life. Life. Phil loves it. this one out. And I don't know what it would take to wear it out. I said, here are the two secrets. Once I, I mean, I was really adamant. I was like, put the phone down, turn it off and put it down. We're, we're, I'm, I'm going to share something I do not want to be recorded. And so they all put their phones down. So I said, secret number one, we're doing a TV show. And I talked about that a little bit, and I said, I, I can't give you the name, but I gave them a paragraph. I said, the name is within the paragraph. I actually <laughs> did this off the top of my head. <laughs> like it was some kind of secret code you had to do. I said, so look. That's pretty funny. So our family is known as a duck family. I said, we love each other. I said, and I'm going out and I'm seeking treasures. So everybody just looking. I said, the name was in there somewhere. <laughs> I said, now I can't tell you when it will be released, but it's really a hot time of year. <laughs> I know here in the South, it's hot always. So there's some wiggle room there. <laughs> that was it. So then secret number two, I said, what is the mystery of being godly? I'm going to reveal that to you. Well, that was Colossians 1, 27. Right, right. Christ is in you. Well, who is Christ? That's when I got through. went through the right. Then the, re the rest of it. Then I say five minutes at the end and for a few funnies with a duck call demonstration. Right. That was pretty good. I think it went well. Look. Did they, they were, standing they were with you? Yeah. Standing ovation at a community event. I mean, that's. Yeah. Now, they weren't applauding me because I told them right off the bat, I'm not very good at stuff. I don't know a whole lot. And <laughs> I'm really terrified to be speaking at this moment. But who I'm with, oh, yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> and that was my introduction to That's Jesus. That's pretty good. Um, so I, I want to mention before we get into it, we're going to do a little recap on First Corinthians 11 to get into our text, that uh, thank our studio audience. We have a studio audience today. We have uh, we have Mr. Kenny Moore, uh, who is from North Carolina, and uh, we talked. Uh, Kenny was uh, baptized a couple of years ago, and it just so happened that last year around your your birth and rebirth, you were baptized on your birthday. Uh, he was in. He was here. And I so liked he, hearing that story before the podcast because they revisited it, and as he went out, because y'all were in the river, right? Yeah. Phil lost his footing, and he said it was some. There was some wrestling going down, and he was down a little longer than normal. But he was viewing that as a positive. He's like, I just figured we needed to. We need to sure. just. Yeah, sometimes people have to be held a little longer <laughs> under the water. <clears throat> but Kenny was actually on the podcast and told his story. Jace wasn't here, but he left a check for me a movie. He made a generous donation, and so he, he just gave me another. I know, which was there. awesome, and and thank you for that, Kenny. Kenny's opening up. He's the one. He's our guy that has the Highway Fifty Five. Uh, burger joints, mostly along the East Coast, but he is here because tomorrow there is a brand new one opening in Denham Springs, Louisiana, which is oh, just, well, you know. just north of Baton Rouge. So I'm going to be in Baton Rouge a couple of weeks, so I will finally get my first Highway 55 burger. I'm super excited about it. Can I wait to start that diet? And also we have uh, Peyton and Carly, my uh, oldest granddaughter and her boyfriend. And uh, Dad, you baptized Carly 
when she was 14 yep. in the hot tub on our front porch. How long ago has that been? Two years. Yep. And, uh, and the neat thing about that was, and I've mentioned it before on here, is that for me, it was really special because she, one, is she asked for you to do it. And so she understood the idea of having a patriarch in a family and, mm-hmm. and that being a, a part of our, our story. But then I loved it because it was literally four generations of faith represented there because there yep. was Anna, there was me. There's Carly, there's you, baptizing her. And I thought, that's really the way God designed it to work. That's you it. Know, where, where we as a family, and, you know, we've all been blessed with, uh, with you know, health and long years. Dad's 75, and yet you're baptizing your great-granddaughter, which is yeah. pretty awesome. So, it was an honor. It is. So, anyway, they're out of school today, so they're here listening to the podcast. So, Dad, you had a little... Uh, you got a little... Uh, Recap you want to do on First Corinthians well, eleven? Because last on, time we were in the first sixteen verses, I think it is. Uh, first who remembers where we were last? It time. can get difficult. Uh, our study of the Bible, you get to uh, like First Corinthians chapter eleven. So I'm gonna give a few verses on either side, both sides of First Corinthians. When you get to First Corinthians eleven, you're like, okay, what what's this about? So. I'm going to start with this. We have the word of the prophets made more certain. This is, everybody write this down. I got you uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, about, about 10 places that you read. And then you can mix 1 Corinthians chapter 11. You can keep it right in the middle. So tell us where you're reading, Deb. I, I'm reading 2 Peter chapter 1, All right. verse 10. All right. We have the word of the prophets made more certain. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place. What these guys wrote down until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no, no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. They just weren't running their mouth, decided they'd write down a little stuff here. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. When you're reading these texts, as I'm reading right now. I think that's Second Peter 1, 19 and 20. That's right. I think you said 9 and 10. Yeah. So yep. 19 and 20. 19 and 20. Right. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man. But men spoke, this Bible that we read, from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So whenever you read these texts, you say, where did they come from? What did the Apostle Paul, why was he saying what he was saying? He was doing so. He was writing down what God told him to write down. So that's 2 Peter 1, 18 and 19. You turn over and you see in chapter 10 of the book of Luke, it's a, it's a tough sale. The kingdom of God is near and it's fixing to come to fruition when you get to Acts chapter 1. Jesus said, be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. He had said that, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the kingdom is near, the kingdom is near, the kingdom is near. I tell you, as, he, as his people were going out and speaking of the kingdom, the coming kingdom, I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day when the kingdom comes for Sodom, then for that town, the towns that ran them out of there, uh, they were sent uh, up at the top. When you read in Luke chapter 10, uh, like lambs among wolves, when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is set before you. 
heal the sick. The kingdom is near. But when you get when when they say, get them out of here, we're going to kill them. And all, he said, when you get to that, he said, it'd be more bearable for Sodom. He goes way back to Sodom and Gomorrah and what happened there to the wicked. That's Luke chapter 10. You get to Luke 17, turn about three or four pages. We're heading toward 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Luke 17, about verse uh, 28. It was the same in the days of Lot. Uh, the, by the way, he's speaking of... Uh, Verse 27, people were eating and they were drinking before the flood, marrying and being given in marriage up to the day of Noah it entered the ark. Then the flood came. They were so wicked and destroyed them all. It was the same. This is God and the judgment he pronounces. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling. They were planning and building. But the day... Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Go back to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 19 and read what happened there when whole groups of individuals on planet Earth, all of them together, it was the most brutal, sinful. They come around the hide, bring them angels out, bring them guys out. We want to have sex with them. God destroyed them all. The one who is speaking and that Luke is writing about, Jesus Christ, this is red letters. The day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Do not mess with the Almighty and be grossly sexual, immoral, and practice perversion because their judgment coming. Fast forward, going toward 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Hang on, Dan. Let's take a break. So one of my favorite sponsors that we have is a group called 40 Days for Life. They are on the front line of the uh, the battle over abortion. and Because uh, that is, I mean, we talk a lot, Jace, about internal discussions, but that's one that really crosses their, over. Their point is articulation. We, right. we have an articulation problem, how we're discuss that we're pat we have the passion about life right. we get that from and i think uh, the pro-life movement has really continued to grow to be a pro-love movement i mean you love not, not only do we love babies but we love people that are put in bad positions we're trying to help them understand if you can convert somebody in that situation then it changes their future yep. so they've written a book it's called what to say when uh, the complete new guide to discussing abortion. So a lot of times, as Jay said, we needed some help articulating our arguments. That's what they've done here. So we want you to check them out. Uh, if you go to Forty Days for Life store, uh, forty at uh, Forty Days for Life gear is where you can find their store. dot uh, com. You're going to get twenty percent off any of their books and use the offer code Duck to be able to do that. So I guess they did that in our honor. Clever. Clever, 40daysforlifegear.com, 20% off, use the word duck, and increase uh, your acumen in this discussion. All right. <clears throat> We've had our break. Now it's, now it's the Apostle Paul to the Romans. He said, uh, the wrath of God, the same thing that burned Sodom and Gomorrah up, is being revealed from heaven 
against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. That's his opening line in Romans 1, 18. He, he starts writing down what they did. They claim to be wise. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Uh-oh. Sexual immorality has gone mainstream. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They worship and serve created things rather than the creator. He mentions this, what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. This is what they were doing. God gave them over to shameful lust. Romans 1, 28, going toward 1 Corinthians 11. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. At Corinth, they said, what was all this hair thing? You know, women shaving their heads. I mean, there was immorality like you wouldn't believe. Thousands, they would just come down out of the, the temple, shaved heads, and everybody would just start breeding like animals. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. There's immorality among women with women and men with men. He writes that down before you get to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Well, you fast forward to 1 Corinthians 7, and he gives them a warning, the Apostle Paul does, and you already heard what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. So listen to how this reads. This is 1 Corinthians 7 that we covered before uh, chapter 6 before we got over here to chapter 11. Do you not know, verse 9 of 1 Corinthians 6, that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, it's at the top of the list every, everywhere, all the way back to Sodom and Gomorrah. He told the Romans the same thing he's telling the Corinthians. Not the sexually immoral, they're not going to make it. Idolaters, adulterers, male prostitutes, homosexual offenders. He's listing every way you can go wrong when it comes to sex. And he's telling the Corinthians about it. Nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, slanderers, swindlers. They won't inherit the kingdom of God. And that's what some of you were. You can come out of it. But he's warning them, going all the way back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Don't be like this. There's, there's love for you. There's forgiveness for you. Find Jesus and move on him. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Well, and he said that, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You bet you. But he was mainly, too, reinforcing that it was the transformer, because a lot of these Corinthians were so caught up in just transformation of any kind right. yep. in the process that right. they had forgotten the one who can transform. Yeah, exactly. So we get on the other side of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And all of the issues they had, uh, the issues say, uh, uh, and, and just a short little statement, the issue was, uh, remember, if you're a woman, you need to look like one. And if you're a man, you need to look like one. And you need not blur, blur the lines between male and female, because that was going all the way back to Sodom and Gomorrah. And this, the way they dressed, the way their hair was fixed and all of that, you say they were telling who they were. 
Second Peter, we're on the other side of 1 Corinthians 11. If God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, we're going back to the, the, where the death rained down, fire, God slaughtered them. If he condemned cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, and he's going to tell you why, by burning them to ashes, made them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. And he's been warning them all the way from Sodom and Gomorrah, the prophets, what they wrote, all the way up to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. If he, uh, he, he happened to the ungodly, if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men, that's what happens when you get into sexual perversion. For that righteous man living among them day after day in the cities of Sodom was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and they despise authority, bold and arrogant. They slander everything that's godly, but inside they practice perversion and flaunt it like you've never seen before in your life. That was Second Peter. Second Peter 2, 4, I read right there. And look, I don't have a one or two more or less. You turn over to the little book of Jude and listen to what Jude said. This is first, second, third John. Then you have Jude. Then you have the book of Revelation, Jude 7. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example, he's saying it one more time, of those who suffered the punishment of eternal fire. I only bring these up. I only bring these up, and I'll finish with this. In the midst of all that, there's a, there's a little text in 1 Timothy chapter 3 that I think is worthy of note. I'm 75 years old. I'm an elder in the church. You say, what are the qualifications for you doing that, being in there? One of them is, it's a noble task. The overseer must be above reproach. And then he says an interesting thing. The husband of but one wife. You're like, he's either saying you can't have a, a house full of wives. That's out. You can have one. Or he may be saying you can't be divorced. That'll give you two if you, or three divorced, however many. But he makes a statement there. You say, hmm, uh, are you, you can't be a overseer. If you had more than one woman, it's either talking about divorced and remarried, divorced and remarried, or he's talking about you go home and there's five women there instead of one woman there. <coughs> he just brings that up as qualifications to be an elder, and he must keep hold of the deep truths of the faith with a clear conscience. I only bring that up to show you that there are some certain texts, but when it comes to perversion and immorality, Nothing, in my humble opinion, there is no difference between what was going on at Corinth and right now in these United States of America and Russia and China and all the rest of them. You say, 
when human beings go rogue and they say, we're going to flaunt this immorality and perversion and you're not going to do anything about it. And when men start looking like women and women like men and this gender thing, they do that because God says sex is between a man and a woman. Satan comes in and says, blur the lines. Fix it so they don't know where, which one's a male, which one's a female. Make it hard to flush out on who they really are. When they go down that road, there's no difference between right now in these United States and what happened in the First Corinthians chapter 11. That's my well, humble opinion. Well, All right, hang on. Let's take a break. So as we uh, get older, especially around this table, I have uh, discovered that it, you lose a little more hearing all the time. Of course, we've had a, you know, we've been around shotguns all our lives. We have a lot of. If you're just now discovering that, <laughs> you must have lost your hearing before. <laughs> That's right. It's FDA registered. Uh, it's a rechargeable hearing aid. It costs a fraction of what typical hearing aids cost. So this thing is uh, is is proven and true and can help you out. Uh, here's how. Here's what you do to be able to get it. Go to mdhearingaid.com. Use the promo code UNASHAME, uh, and you're going to buy one, get one for two ninety nine ninety nine, which is under $300, barely, uh, when you do this deal. So they also have a, a free extra charging case, which is a $100 value that you're going to get just for checking them out. So it's mdhearingaid.com. Use the promo code UNASHAME, or you can call them at 833-581-1546. That's 833-581-1546. I think the problem is that's the, the end of my rant today. <laughs> well, that think, was quite the rant. It was a rant. <laughs> but I think the problem was like you know when he got to Second Corinthians eleven, because this this had leaked over into the church. It's one thing to we've already addressed that for the world, but when the church loses that, that's why I think he was so fired up about it. Because when you read that in Jude, he actually said in three and four. He says, Dear friends of Jude, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge to contend for the faith that that was once for all entrusted to the saints. Yep. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have Uh-oh. secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who changed the grace of our God into a license for immorality. That is correct. And deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. Well, he said that before he brought up this Sodom and Gomorrah. And then he also, in verse 12, he gets to where we're He's talking about in punishment first... for that kind of attitude toward Jesus and his people. So in Jude 12, he says, These men are blemishes at your love feast. And so you, when you get to 1 Corinthians 11, there comes this contrast over the Lord's Supper and having these meals together. You know, back then they called them love feast, and really, when the church started, that's the way they operated. You remember when you read in Acts two where it says they all had uh, everything in common and they ate together, they met they, together, broke met, bread, broke bread. They had, and and we've even done this in our churches where we call them small groups and pig out house church, yeah. house church. Everybody gets and it's a love feast. You say what's a love feast? I mean, you look it up, you'll see that it was a fellowship 
and a, uh, a that we're all in this together. Well, the Lord's Supper was part of that. Right. So here you have these people that come in. Now we already feel already read about their past in First Corinthians six with all these problems. Yep. But all of a sudden, their meetings when you're you're having all these idolatry worship settings, you have this contrast of sex feast in this in this culture. And here you're supposed to have love feast in the name of Jesus. And the following directives, I have no praise for you. Exactly. The Apostle Paul said, y'all are missing the point here. This thing, you're bringing, you're bringing this immoral, uh, immorality down. Into in, the church. Into the church. No doubt. And you, and you can't tell. We're trying to look at you. We can't even tell whether you're a man or a woman. It's the same thing going on today. Blur the lines between male and female. Blur the lines. Blur the lines. Let's take our last break. When you're taking worldly behavior and making it okay in the church, when you're when you're you know talking about that in the world, it's going to seem crazy. They're going to feel like, "What's wrong with you? You're being judgmental. You're." So they're going to counterbalance that with every movie they have. They have something that does not line up with God's moral code. And it's the same reason if you if you hear a Bible verse on a Hollywood movie or TV show, nine times out of ten, this guy's like a serial killer, and he's been reading his Bible. <laughs> yep. We was watching a show the other night, and this guy was talking about the Bible, you know, and I, I told him, I was like, yep, he did it. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> He did it. He did it. Yep. Everything was perfect. He was loving. He was kind. They went to church. And I was like, no, it's just the way it's conveyed. But I'm I'm saying you can't sit there and holler at the world your whole life about issues like this and expect them to respond because they're not going to respond. Right. You can holler about people in the church about this because yep. that's what he's doing. I mean, he's not hollering, but, I mean, he's coming on pretty doggone strong. Such and, were some of you, but you were washed. Right. So but, they, they but can, they can rise up. I wanted to read this because when he gets to 2 Corinthians 11, which we'll get to, now look, this this verse should not be underestimated. Same, same group he's writing to. He gets to 9, and he's talking about such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, masquerading as apostles of Christ. He's not talking about Hollywood. He's talking about people saying, Oh, we're the kingdom, we're the kingdom of God. We're but they want to blur God's standard, and then he says this, and no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It is not surprising then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness, therein will be what their actions deserve. So my only point is, I'm saying this church, based on 1 Corinthians 11 or 6, other than being deemed the most embarrassing church in the history of churches, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Well, they, I, they certainly had the most problems of anyone you read in the New Testament. You know what's crazy? They were still referred to as the church of the living God. From, from the beginning, he addressed Paul them. Paul is giving them everything he's got. And look, these people are getting together. You couldn't tell man from woman on some of the pews. 
they're getting together to take the Lord's Supper and have a have a uh, love feast, and some of them are getting drunk <laughs> and gorging themselves and not caring about the rest of the brothers. It's supposed to be a relationship, fellowship type of love feast, and they're just like, oh, I'm going for the food, and I'm going to eat until I throw up <laughs> rather than wait on my brother or yep. sister whichever they may be. Yep. I mean, that was what was going down here. Which, and think about that, like, it, it's so offensive to my sensibilities to even imagine that happening, <clears throat> that we're in a church setting where we've got brothers and sisters there, and we're all surrounded by this, t- you know, we're surrounding this table, we're eating, we're enjoying, you've cooked something, mom has cooked something, and we look over there, and there's people that have nothing. And I'm just going to not even acknowledge that or say, hey, you know, here, share some of our food or, hey, let's get some. What, what about these folks? I couldn't stand that. I couldn't sit there and eat and have a, a group right over there that's not eating a bite. Who would even do that? I mean, I think it happens. It's, well, you just think, what are the reasons people get together? I mean, like at a Super Bowl party, what what do people do? They all get together and have a big meal and, you know, you're doing something fun together. And, I mean, what separates what we should be doing is we have a meal and we're trying to put all these principles that we got from the Lord, patience, kindness. Faith. I mean, he's going to get to the love. He's going to get to the loving acts that should be happening in your fellowship. And he's going to remind them of the gospel. I mean, that's why this thing is so beautiful, which is embarrassing. They had to be reminded of the gospel, and they had to have love defined. Yeah, that's right. Yep. <clears throat> but you know, it's not unlike us. We get so. But he made it. He made such a point, though, Jay. It's like he was so disgusted by it that he starts out by saying, "You're you're you're doing more harm than good by even getting together." Then he says, "Don't you have home? Just don't even eat together. Just yeah. eat at home." I think I mean, he yeah. was being, no, not overly dramatic, but he was being like. The whole reason that you're here is for your Lord, but you're not coming for the Lord. You're coming for yourself. So exactly. why don't just just go home and and do that? <laughs> just just basically fall away, get away, get get out. <laughs> this, tell your me. meetings are doing more harm than good. And then he gets to the gifts. It wasn't like they didn't have all these special, even miraculous gifts that they were imparting. So you would think that that would lead him to say, "Boy, we got the greatest miracle." Miracle worker being ever on our side. Nope. It's all about me and the power I now have. <laughs> Forget the one who gave it to me. This is all about me. Everybody stop what you're doing and watch. But you know, you're right though, Dad. <clears throat> when you look at this, you know, like we even our community here, outside of Christianity, it's just somebody doesn't even know Christ, but but grew up around here, there were certain things most people were taught about respecting other people or you know, if you have somebody over for dinner, you treat them the right way. And so those value systems are even communal in certain areas. But you can go into, I'm sure, some metropolitan areas and some have some people without any of that. They were never taught that. They don't understand no. that. That's they right. certainly know anything about Christ. And so it would be a lot like what you're just, you see here, just Correct. rude and angry. Well, that's why the family is ultimately that provider, because you're looking at God's family and the way he set things up but you think what we call basic manners they weren't having this in their church setting right I mean, they right. weren't coming in you know i go right. in somebody's house i'll take my shoes off i'm like thank you sir that, i mean i'm gonna eat what's in front of me but i'm not gonna just say all right let me let me take 
the best part to the chicken right off the bat, <laughs> as much as I can possibly a, eat. Let me pile like, I'm over at somebody's house here now, and I'm like, I'm going to leave you all the neck and the thigh. <laughs> In the and back. The, in the back. <laughs> well, Although that, the that, back meat on the chicken is very underrated. That's a, It's just not much of it. So I'm saying when he gets to 1 Corinthians 13, you, you, you have to skip ahead because if you don't, you'll become negative. Yeah, that's right. But he's like, it's not it's not self-seeking. Love is not self-seeking. It, You know, you think about all this, well, this it, the contrast. Look. This one verse that I really love that I don't think gets enough credit is in 6 when it says it does not delight in evil. Yeah. They were doing evil things in their assembly, completely selfish, and probably saying they were being selfless. Right. And, and they were boasting about it. Let's, uh, we got to wrap it up, uh, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this in overtime, as well as the purpose of the Lord's Supper and in, in being a part of this. I think that'd be an interesting discussion. So we'll, we'll catch that in overtime. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.